0: if you're just joining us right now, I want to welcome all of those of you that are joining us on Facebook Live or online as well. We are excited to have you. I'm Pastor Steve. We want to welcome you to our Easter service at Church of the King. I want to take just a couple moments. I want to talk to you about the why, the why behind the what. I want to answer two questions today. Before I do that, I want you to just use your imagination just for a moment. I want you to think about what if what if you were one of those Roman soldiers on that day. On the day that our Lord was crucified. I want you to think about this for a moment. Think about what would have been going through your mind. Think about the thoughts that you would have as you as you see this Jewish man as he's being whipped, as he's being beaten, as he, as he has this cross on his back. And all the conversation attached to it. And all the people. Some mocking, some jeering, some crying. Depending upon what the relationship was with this man. I wrote this down. The fact is, is that if we were at the cross, like that Roman soldier, we would be able to hear the wailing and the crying. I want you to think about that. We would see the nails. The fact of the matter is, is that my sin and that your sin would have actually been the reason why the nails went in his hands. We also would have witnessed the agony. We we would have had a front row seat. If we would have been a Roman soldier that day, we would have had a front row seat to the crucifixion. You see, crucifixion was a common means of torture and punishment And the Roman Empire. Yet this one evidently is different. Very different. How do we know this? Matthew chapter 27 verse 54. Listen to this. So when the centurion, that's the Roman soldier. And all those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake. And the things that had happened. They feared greatly saying, truly this was the son of God. The Bible says as Jesus, as he cried out his last bit of breath, there were some unique things happened. In the temple, the veil of the temple, the Bible says it was torn from top to bottom. There was a shaking geologically. There was a a shaking in the earth and there was an earthquake and there was an atmospheric change the Bible talks about. And, and, And there was some discussion. And the centurions and the Roman soldiers looked at one another. And this particular one said, surely. He said, surely, this was the son of God. You see, this centurion soldier had seen hundreds, maybe thousands of of executions on a cross. And that's what it was, by the way. Jesus dying on the cross. Listen, let's make no no bones about it. It was an execution for, for a criminal, for an alleged criminal. You see, dying on the cross was a, and it was, an, it was a, a readily used torture device for those that they convicted of being criminals in Bible times. And they used it all the time. And so this Roman soldier, this centurion, he was a leader. Well, he had seen, oh, maybe thousands of that. And he had heard the cries and, and, and he had witnessed all that the attended things attached to that but this one. This one was different to him. This one caught his mind. It was something that Jesus would have said. Maybe it was what he said to the one on the right and the left. The one that was mocking him and, and the one that was jeering him and, 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 and his response to that one. Or, or to the other one that said, it was not to, not to hold this one accountable like us. Hey, hey, the man in the middle. This man, Jesus, he's done nothing wrong. Leave him alone. And Jesus looked at the one and said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. I don't know what it was about that Roman soldier. I don't know what it was that caught his attention. But whatever it was, something was different about this. In our time today, I want us to look at this. I want us to look at the cross It's amazing the discussions that people have around the world about Christianity. And why? Why? Is Jesus just a good moral teacher that taught some good teachings that we can ascribe to and that we can follow? And if we do follow them, our lives will get better. Or or is there something important about, about that cross? I want to answer two questions. I wrote them down. Number one, I want to answer this first question. Why did Jesus have to die? On the cross. And then number two. is a short message. Number two. I want to answer the second question. Why the empty tomb? Why the cross? And why the empty tomb? First. Why did Jesus have to die? Perhaps you've asked that question before. Perhaps you've asked that question. Why, why, why did Jesus have to die? And why all the blood? And, 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 and oh my gosh. Christianity's got so much blood. And why not just good teachings? Why can't we just have good moral teachings and, and, and that, that'll help people? And, and, and minus, in other words, teachings minus the blood. But the problem is, is that the blood of Jesus Christ is central to Christianity. And I want to just say this right off the bat by way of full disclosure. I do not like to see human blood. As a matter of fact, I, I'm, I'm really kind of wimpy when it relates to that I I never forget the time where I brought my son I've got four children I remember I brought my oldest son oh gosh he was a baby and I brought him to the pediatrician I I don't know why that day uh, I was by myself my wife and I usually always do that but maybe she had something going she said Steve I really need you to go and 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 I and I brought my son to the pediatrician and and I said I'll do it she knew but that's why she always would bring him she knew that I'm a little bit weak there in my stomach related to blood and sure enough, the pediatrician comes in and my son's just a, he's just a small child and he looks at the pediatrician, he looks at the nurse and he looks at me. And he's like, what's about, dad, what have you led me into? And boy, they took, they, they, they took that shot and they gave him a shot in his arm and I think it was actually in his leg, that's where I was doing it, his leg and boy, there was some blood that came out and, and, and he starts crying, guess what? And I start crying. And then, and then, and listen, listen, listen. And then they lay him down. And then they lay Pastor Steve down. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Then he gets a cookie. Then I get a cookie. And then they fan him and I fan him. I told my wife, I said, I'm going every time from now on. Man, I tell you, I never had that. But the truth is, I never wanted to go there again. Why? I don't like blood. So I understand the reluctance that some people have related to Christianity and blood. The problem is you can't detach the blood of Christ from Christianity because it's central. The fact of the matter is is that Christianity rests. It rises and falls on the fact that Jesus Christ gave his life on a cross. The truth is, is that there is no such thing as a sanitized, bloodless Christianity. Jesus Christ died As a convicted criminal, by the way, an alleged convicted criminal. The fact of the matter is, is that when he hung on that cross, the Bible says it's by his stripes, by his wounds, that we are healed and made whole. I wrote this down. Why? Why did he have to die? He had to die in this way to pay for our sin and to remind us sin is not painless. It wasn't without a cost, sir. It wasn't. that He was dying on the cross and he was shedding his blood for my sin and your sin. The reality is, is that private sin was paid for publicly by the blood of Jesus Christ. The crucifixion, it showed the horror, it showed the shame, it showed the heaviness, and it showed the suffering caused by our sin. All sin, my sin and your sin, our secret sins and our public sins. It's wild when I see some people, and I say this very respectfully, wearing a cross, and there's nothing wrong with wearing a cross around your neck. But it was in a very, very much, very much so. It was a first century torture symbol. Very much like waterboarding would be today. It'd be like having that around your neck. And yet it was so necessary. There is no Christianity without the cross. There is no Christianity without the blood of, Of Jesus Christ. The the Bible says in the book of Hebrews. I love this verse. It says in Hebrews chapter 10. Listen to this. Therefore brethren having boldness. To enter the holiest by the what? Say it the blood of Jesus. We can come into the throne of God. Because of the blood of Christ. Look at verse 20. By in a new and living way. Which he consecrated for us. Through the veil that is his Flesh. As his body was torn, as his body was ripped, and he cried that last cry, it is finished. The Bible says the veil in the temple, this is important, it was ripped from top to bottom, symbolizing we can now come into the very presence of God. We don't have to be outsiders anymore. Sir, you don't have to be an outsider. Not because of your works, not because of your good deeds, but because of the deed that Christ did for us on the cross. It was his blood. It was the blood of Jesus Christ that, that, that provided the way the Bible says in Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. The only payment or remission for our sin is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the death penalty while we did the crime. He was innocent. I was the guilty one. You were the guilt. We were the guilty ones. The Roman soldier was the guilty one. Jewish people were the guilty ones. He paid a price for a crime that he didn't commit. We were the ones that should have been on the cross, and yet he died for us. I'll never forget when I heard a psychologist say something that was so powerful about the power, listen, the power of forgiveness he was talking to this patient. And this patient was grappling with the realities of, 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 of past burdens. And we would call them past sins. Some would call them past mistakes. And this particular patient was, was grappling with the, the realities of shame from their past. And he never told me whether or not. The psychologist never said I actually heard him speak. And he never said to us whether or not that this particular patient was a Christian or not at the time. But he led the patient to write down all of the things that, that he was embarrassed about in his life and that he was ashamed of. And he began to write them down and write them down. As a matter of fact, he began to cry more and more and more about them. And then he took something out of his desk. He, he took some matches and he took a little, a little vase, a, a kind of a, a metal vase that, that was wide like this, and, and he took those matches, and he took that paper, and he says, are these the things you're embarrassed by? Are these the things that you're ashamed by? Are, the, are these all the things that have been holding you back? And he says, they are. And this time, the guy's eyes are big like this. He's like, man, what is he about to do? And he took that paper, and he took that match, and he, he lit that paper on fire, Next thing you know, you know, you know, it is when uh, it just kind of burns down on the whole thing. And right at the end, the psychologist put that in the vase and it was ashes. And he said to the man, he says, he says, how would you like all of your past to be burned up? No longer held against you. He says, I would do anything. And he said to him, that's the point. You don't have to do anything. You have to receive what Jesus Christ has done for you. When you receive Christ, you receive forgiveness. When you receive Christ, you receive cleansing. When you receive Christ, your past is washed away. And he got it that moment. Tears begin to well up in his eyes and he says, I want to receive Christ. Is that where you are today? Have you been held back by things in your past? There is no Christianity, ma'am, without the cross. There's no Christianity. You You can't detach the teachings of Christ from the blood of Christ. Number one, why the blood of Christ? Why the cross? Why did he have to die? This kind of death, the death that Jesus died, specifically demonstrated God's ultimate love for us. The love of Christ that gives us a new start. The love of Christ that cleanses us in spite of what we've done. I'll never forget, many of you have heard my testimony. And maybe some of you that are new, that you've never tuned in to our online program or you've never heard me on Facebook Live. And, And I want to say this, October 27th, 1987, one month before I turned 19, right when I was about to turn, I was a freshman in college at Tulane University in New Orleans, Louisiana. I was invited to a college Bible study. And let me tell you something, I did some horrible things. I was not a good person. And the reality is, is I'll never forget, I'll never forget when this, I was in this Bible study. These two girls actually invited me to a Bible study. I'd like to say I went because I had a good motive, but they did. They invited me. And I went along with them reluctantly. And, they, and, and the Bible study leader at the end, he, he, he gave us an opportunity. Do you want to receive Christ? And I remember the thought in my mind, I've done too much that I can never be forgiven. And my second thought was, I need to go, I need to go change some things first. In other words, watch this. I need to turn over a new leaf first. I need to pull myself up by my bootstraps first. And then I come to God. No, no, no. And then, and then I remember this next thought. I thought, wait a minute, timeout. God, if you could take my life as I am. And it's almost like the, the, the Bible study leader was like, hey, man, it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus will forgive you. And it just stuck that day. That I can come as I am. That I don't have to change first. That Jesus will forgive me. He will change me. And he alone will make me new. Why the cross? Why the blood of Jesus? What will wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ on October 27th, 1987. He forgave me of my sins. He cleansed me. And he made made me new. Number two. Not only do I want to answer the question. Why the cross? Why the blood of Jesus but I also want to answer this question. Why the empty tomb? Why the empty tomb? I want you to think about this. Jesus Christ, think about this. And I want you to listen to me. This is important. I've got about 10 minutes. I want everybody to can. This is so critical. There have been other religious leaders that have died for their followers. What's the difference with Christianity? What's the difference with Jesus Christ? Think about this. Jesus Christ wasn't the first person to ever also be raised from the dead. He wasn't the first person. He wasn't the first person to ever die for his followers. I'm gonna address that in a moment. But first I wanna address this. He also wasn't the first that, that was ever raised from the dead. As a matter of fact, as believers, we have the Bible. And if you read the Bible, this is fascinating. In the Bible itself, there was actually Um, um, There was nine other people in the Bible that were, quote, raised from the dead. The scriptures record at least nine other times when people were brought back to life. But I want to qualify something. Those weren't resurrections. Those were resuscitations. All of those people that came back, watch this, that came back from the dead, all of those people, every single one of them had died they came back to life, but they died again. They were only resuscitated. Only Jesus Christ. Listen, he died, was brought back to life in the resurrection, and he never died again. There is a difference between a resuscitation and a resurrection. Many people have, have, have heard stories about people that died for maybe 10 minutes and, 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 and it looked like it was all over. And even the doctors were getting, and something happened. That is not a resurrection. That is a resuscitation. Only Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Revelations 1, verse 18, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. After the resurrection, he met his disciples. He met his disciples on on that beautiful mountainside. I've had the opportunity to go to Israel three times. The Mount of Olives. in Acts chapter 1. He met his disciples there. 40 days after he was resurrected from the dead. And the Bible says in Acts 1. He gave his last message to his disciples. And he ascended to the Father. That's called the divine ascension. And he went and he sat down at the right hand of Almighty God. Sir, he wasn't resuscitated. He was resurrected. He, he was alive. He died, he was resurrected, and he never died again. Wow. Why the cross? There is no Christianity without the blood. Why the empty tomb? There is no Christianity without an empty tomb. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. The gospel of Jesus Christ—it's the life, it's the death, of course the burial, but the resurrection of Christ—life, death, resurrection of Christ. You know, I've had people ask me over the years. They've said, "You know, Steve, man, look—I've heard stories, and you know—and I I, I need proof, and 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 I want to know. I want to know. I want to know—is there anybody in antiquity? Is there anybody like? Is there anybody that wasn't in the inner circle?" You know, his disciples saying one thing. Yeah, they met with him. But is there anybody maybe of the secular press that, that, that maybe can give an eyewitness account or, or, or something they ever wrote that testifies to the resurrection? And I want to resoundingly say yes. And you can look this up. Josephus, who was a Jewish secular, actually at the time, he would consider himself he was Jewish by birth, but he would have considered himself a secular author at the to- time, one of the most prolific writers in the first century. And he, his, you could actually get the works of Josephus. And here's what he said. This is powerful. Talking about the resurrection of Christ. The first century Jewish historian Josephus, a non-believer, said of the resurrection, about this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to be called a man. When Pilate, upon hearing him a curse, accused by men of the highest standing amongst us, had condemned him to be crucified, those who had in the first place come to him, come to know him, did not give up on their affection for him. On the third day, he appeared to them, restored to life. For the prophets of God have prophesied these and countless other marvelous things about him. And the tribe of Christians so-called after him, has still to this day not disappeared. Now remember, I want everybody to remember, this is an account of a Jewish man from the time of Jesus. He was not a follower of Christ, yet he witnessed the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. Paul writes it this way. In 1 Corinthians fifteen seventeen. And if Christ is not risen, pastor, how important is the resurrection? We understand that there is no Christianity without the blood of Christ. There had to be a cross. But there also has to be a resurrection. It's not just the cross. It's the cross and the resurrection. You can't take away the cross, but you can't take away the resurrection. It It is, listen, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The resurrection. It's the cross and the resurrection. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Pastor Steve, why the cross without the blood of Jesus Christ? We can't have our conscience cleansed. We're still in our sins without the resurrection of Christ. Paul said it so clearly. We're still in our sins. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It speaks of what we get to enjoy right now on earth as a result of the empty tomb. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you sir if it dwells in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you as a believer in Jesus the spirit of God the same spirit watch this the same spirit of God that came in that dead body of Jesus because it was dead he was crucified on Friday That body was dead on Friday after that. That body was dead on Saturday. But on the third day, the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God that came in that dead body of Jesus, the Bible says, that resurrected Christ from the grave. Man, that's powerful. That same Spirit lives in you. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead quickens our body. It not only quickens our body, but quickens our mind. The fact is, is that all of us need to be quickened. And maybe, maybe the fact that you and I have gone through all of us globally, so many at all different levels, and those of you that have experienced the deepest pains related to this COVID-19 virus, maybe a family member's sick, maybe a family member that's even passed away, and there's so many questions that you have, or maybe a, maybe a business has been so deeply interrupted and impacted by this, you or maybe you're just dealing with anxiety and dealing with the attended fears and the what ifs and the, oh my gosh. And, and yet let me just say this, you need the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in your life. Christ died on the cross for you. He was buried for you and he rose again for you. And the Bible says the same spirit, the same spirit, sir, the same spirit, ma'am, that raised, that raised Jesus from the dead. As a believer, if we would receive Christ, if we'll ask Jesus into our hearts, the Bible says that same spirit, the same spirit of God will resurrect. Listen, it'll resurrect dead dreams. Listen, it'll resurrect broken minds, broken bodies, broken hearts. That's what the resurrection of Christ does. I, I, I got to tell you guys, and this is a, somewhat of, again, a, a moment of self-disclosure. I, it was really this over this last month, I finally, at 51 years old, I finally went on social media like an Instagram I, I've got some younger kids like dad you've got to get into the 20th century it's like what's up man I've <laughs> got a lot of younger staff and and uh and, and I, I I again you got to work with me a little bit I got a Facebook page and that's a little bit older the Instagram it's the younger crowd and and so I just I'm not quite into it where you know you know I just put the Instagram on and this is me eating breakfast and I take a picture I'm not there yet okay work with me so I, I don't quite get the selfies yet. This is me wearing a green shirt. Okay, I'm not there yet, but I'm open. I'm open to it. Now I say that because I think if Jesus would have taken a selfie of something that he was or that he was doing, it would have been in John chapter 11 related to this very point. Listen to this in John chapter 11. Probably the greatest selfie that Jesus ever took. It was a snapshot, a picture of who he was and what he was about. He said, I am. Think about this. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Isn't that interesting? Before he was resurrected, he declared that he was the resurrection. When you know Christ, when you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the things in your life that seem dead, the things in your life that seem like they're over, the dreams that look like they're crashed, the hope that looks like it's been lost when you receive Christ when the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you listen to what Jesus says about himself he said I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though though he may die yet shall he live oh yes the things in our lives that look like they're broken they look like they're gone They look like they're dead. They look like they're... Listen, maybe it's a dream in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. It looks like it's over. Maybe it looks like a business. It's over. Whatever. Listen to me. Jesus specializes in resurrections. The truth is he is the resurrection and the life. And I'm so honored and so grateful that you guys are here today with us. And in just a moment, I'm going to pray for you. But I'm going to read one last scripture. You know what happens when we go through tough times is... Man, there is a hopelessness that comes in. Hopelessness related to coulda, woulda, shoulda, or this may happen or that. We go through scenario planning. We all do it. I know I do. Where I can, my mind can be so active and we can actually think ourselves into a hole if we're not careful. And so many questions. There's been so many concerns. And what happens is it can, that it can have a tendency that we can almost think our way out of hope. And hope is a reality of despair that sets in. But I've got good news for you today. This is, listen, we not only can experience the resurrection of Christ on Easter weekend or throughout that week, but every single day as we walk with Jesus. I, I love this scripture. I'll give you this last scripture and then I'll close. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to the abundant mercy his abundant mercy. He's begotten us again to a living a living hope. Christ is alive. And when Christ is in our hearts, it's him that gives us hope. He is a resurrection of the life. Through the resurrection, it says through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because Christ is alive living in us by his spirit. You know, Christianity is not a religion. Listen to me. I know people call it a religion. It's really a relationship with Christ. But I want to help everybody. Christianity is not about Jesus came to make bad people good. It's he came to make dead people alive. When you receive Christ, your heart comes alive. When you receive Christ, listen to me. Let me tell you, when you receive Christ, those things in your life that are dead, they come alive in God. Fresh dreams, fresh hope, fresh life. Open your heart to Christ. Let Jesus Christ do in you what you can't do for yourself. The phenomenon of hope. We can't generate hope. We receive hope. And hope is in a person, the person of Christ. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. All of you, thousands of you that are joining us online or Facebook Live, let's just take a moment. I'm going to give you an opportunity. and I'm about to close this service, but I do not want to close on this Amazing and special weekend, the Easter weekend, without giving you an opportunity or the week as well, because we'll be running this all through the week, Easter week, without giving you an opportunity to receive Christ. When I met Christ 30 years ago, 31 years ago, I'm telling you, Jesus changed my life. He he came into my life and I was a broken down kid, a broken down soul. I was hopeless. I had so much fear, so much worry, so much shame for my past. Thank God for the cross that forgave me of my past, but he didn't just forgive me. Christians are not just forgiven, but we're transformed by the resurrection power of Christ on the inside of us. We're forgiven by the blood of Christ, but we're transformed by the resurrection of Christ. And you can experience that today. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads. If you say to me, Pastor Steve, I'm not sure about my relationship with Christ. I'm not sure if I died today that I'm ready to stand before God. I I, I wanna pray for you. Wherever you are, whether you're in South Louisiana or in South Mississippi where our campuses are, whether you're throughout the United States or you're in a different country that have tuned in, we're so honored. I, I, I want to take this moment. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I'll take this moment. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you. Just wherever you are, it's just a simple raise your hand up. That's all I'm asking you to do. Just right where you are is a sign of faith before God. I can't see your hand, but God can see it. There's something that you need to do just to say that. And the count and say, Pastor, I want to be right with God. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. Don't let anybody ever tell you that belonging to a church makes you a Christian. Hopefully you can meet Christ at a church, but, but, but it's only Jesus that can save. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? The Bible says, whoever calls upon that name, the name of Jesus shall be saved. At the count of three, I'm just going to ask you with a show of hands, Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ. If that's you, I don't want you to hesitate right where you're sitting, right where you're standing, just say, Pastor, I need Christ. At the count of three, would you lift your hand up? One, two, three, quickly, hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. God sees your hand. God sees your hand, sir. God sees your hand, man. Now, let me pray this prayer. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask all of those of you, thousands that are joining us, literally all over the world, can we pray this prayer together? Come on, let's pray this. Say, Dear Jesus, come on, everyone, say it again. Dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past. And I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this, say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this, say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name, I want everybody to look at me. If you prayed and trusted Christ as your Savior, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says you have been born again. In other words, you have been made new. You've gone. This is, this is wild. This is Colossians 1. It says you've actually gone from darkness to light And the Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one gives her heart to Christ. How much more this many? I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you, if you prayed and trusted Christ as your Savior, would you let your hosts know that, whether it's on Facebook Live or those that are online as well, would you let them know? We, we would love to be able to interact. We'd love to be able to stay connected with you as well. If you're a guest for the first time here, please let them know. We'd love to give you some information about how we can resource you. Of course, you can download, please, the app, Church of the King. You can download that. ChurchTheKing.com is our website. I, I want to say one more thing to you, and then our team's going to lead us one, one more moment into worship, one minute of worship. Uh, Next week, I am beginning a very important series called Unshaken. I'm going to talk about five things that we can do when we're in times of uncertainty, how to navigate there. I'm going to talk about overcoming fear, how to overcome worry. I'm going to talk about how to make decisions with God's help in times of stress. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss the next five weeks, a series called Unshaken. I believe it'll bless you. We love you guys. It's been a privilege on this Easter weekend. Or those of you that are joining us throughout Easter week in this program, we honor you. We love you. I'm going to ask you to stand one more time as our worship team comes, and they're going to lead us in a song of rejoicing as we go for it. Don't forget, live daily in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God bless you guys.
1: children, and their children, stay.